All right, so like I said, we're gonna go through days one through six today. And I'm gonna start by just reading the first three verses that we're gonna talk about on day one. And this is again in Mark chapter one. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before me. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Okay. Great. All right, so let's talk about this. Yes. On question one, how does Mark describe what he's written? Very basically, he just says, and this is something actually that I think we kind of talked about a little bit like last week when we were introducing the book of Mark, just how he kind of just gets to the point. And I, I really noticed that here, that he just says, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And if you compare that with some of the other gospels, you know, they start out with a genealogy. John is kind of esoteric, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He has this whole, you know, beautiful introduction, but Mark just kind of gets to the point. Mm. Jesus Christ, the son of God, boom, he just says it right there. I love the word, the beginning of the gospel. Do you have mm. beginning in yours? I'm using yes, the CSB. And I love that word beginning. In other words, the gospel is ongoing because Jesus mm. is still alive. And so it hasn't ended. The good yeah. news is daily. The mm. good news is mm -hmm. um, there's a perpetuity to the good news, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's the same good news. And this is the establishing, but it's still reaching, you know, 2000 years, it's still, and we're part of that mm. ongoing story of the gospel. I mean, to me, it's an inclusive word yeah, because it mm -hmm. brings me into this. This is the beginning, even for me, of what Christ has done and it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that part, the beginning. What about the word gospel? What do you think about that word? What does that mean to you? Yes, of course, good oh, news. You mentioned that last week, good news, evangel, right? right? Yeah. Yes, and um, again, it was the proclamation, a, a, a Caesar, an emperor, a governor would have a proclamation of uh, this is what the emperor has done. He secured your freedom. He has lowered your taxes. He <laughs> has uh, brought better living conditions to all of you. He has secured your borders. So in other mm -hmm. words, it was, it was usually something that was already done. Right. And therefore, the promise of how your life would be because of what was already done. Mm. But it's a genre in itself, a gospel. And actually what happened is just like the word agape, where Jesus took it, the word love, and it was already in um, classical Greek, mm -hmm. very, very seldom used, but used. And Jesus took it and he exalted that word mm. to mean uh, a divine love. So the word gospel is exalted by the presence of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. to, to tell us this divine story of the mm -hmm. incarnation of the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Love that. And so um, I do too. That's but sweet. I love the way even D.L. Moody said that Jesus sanctifies everything, that the awful mm -hmm. Roman spear mm -hmm. of death, when it went into his side, it came out sanctified mm. by wow. the blood in the water. And you're just like, wow. And the cross that was so evil and awful. Once the, the Jesus touched it, the cross became sanctified and precious. And how everything that Jesus touched became precious. So mm -hmm. the, even the word gospel, even the words he touches become um, divine. Oh yeah, so. he elevates everything. Yes, like he does. That. Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah, and one other thing I was thinking too about the beginning, you were noting that word, is that this isn't all that Jesus did. There's so much more. Right, so. is that at the end of John he says that? Yeah. Like, but also, there's so many more But also, yeah. the word beginning is to take us back to Genesis chapter one. 
mm. that as well. Yeah. In I never thought beginning. of that. I love that. So it's tying us back to the very, the very first creation. Hmm. And this is hmm. like a new beginning. You mm -hmm. know, um, old things mm -hmm. are passed away, all things are become new. Here's the new beginning, the new birth, you mm -hmm. know, the beginning. So again, it's tying us in, it's, it's tied to that, and yet it's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, again, like I was saying, it's just so, that's what I like about Mark, it's so clear. Yeah. I, I think that's why sometimes people will, um, if you're give, uh, encouraging like a new believer or somebody who's not, uh, a Christian to you know read something in the gospel. Some people will say read Mark because of yes. that because there's just that clarity there. He's tying it all in and, so and brevity too. If yeah, you don't have a yes, lot of time, brevity brief, exactly. Mm -hmm. okay. And it's interesting how you were saying Genesis because he ties back to the prophets. Yes, and so in mm -hmm. verse two Ooh. he's quoting the prophets. <laughs> nice one. Thanks. Nice segue. <laughs> Behold, I send a messenger before you, and so here we see that. John is preparing the way. That's the role of John. Hmm. So I liked question three. Why is it necessary to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus? Ooh. I love that question too. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I you wrote thinking, it. I, well, <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking about like, um, when you go, we'll be in this, I believe it's in Mark chapter four, we'll talk about the parable of the sower. Mm -hmm. mm. But yep. I thought um, of that too. Where, where the word, if it hits like, if it's just distracted and um, you really don't give it any attention, the enemy can snatch it away so fast. And if um, it falls upon the stones, it has to compete with rocks and shallow soil, it will never bear fruit. Or if it's choked out, and it's so right. important to say, I want this, and I want to hear it, and I want to know it. There has to be, um, mm. there has to be a preparation for the word. And I, I, I like that. I like that idea of um, make his path straight. And I was thinking mm. about how when it snows, you know, back east, you you actually actually experienced this, mm -hmm. and I think you did when you lived in Boston. But one of the things is is that you have to shovel the snow all the way to your car, you have to make a way so people can walk up to your door. Yep. And you have to make a way to get to your house and to your car. And I was thinking about how you have to make a way to your heart. You have to get away from all the things that are blocking your heart from the gospel. Mm. You know, whatever that blockage is and make a straight a path for the, for the Lord to get to you. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, I don't want anything between you and I. If there's a sin, I want to get rid of it. And I was thinking about that, like making straight paths. Yeah, and, and even, you know, some ways, some way to do that. I know it's probably challenging for some who are, you know, have little children and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But if there's any way to even have a few moments of just being quiet, I think that kind of just to still your heart and mind a little bit, and that will help. It brings to mind, then if you're silent, then the Lord can show you like, hey, we need to deal with this. Or right. Let's work mm -hmm. on this. And then just get your heart ready. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's been okay. speaking to me lately. Me think of that verse that says the preparation of the heart belongs to man. So that's our place. Right. We do that's need what to we prepare do. our hearts. So good. Yeah. So good. So what was your takeaway from today? Oh, right. The takeaway. Uh, <laughs> I read your takeaway. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I've already kind of covered it. So you guys go for it. I know my No, I read, I read her. She, she read it. She tried because I'm left-handed and it's really sloppy. So I think no, she, it's not sloppy. It's tiny. It's microscopic. Your writing is microscopic. Uh, so it wasn't that easy to read. So I really had to persevere. Just like well you have to persevere in the word. Yeah. Ab wow. Nice tie-in. I like that. I was thinking about again the clearing the path, and I was thinking mm -hmm. about a hoarder who needs Ooh. to get rid of um, false trusts. 
And I was thinking about sometimes we hoard things like unforgiveness. We hoard um, mm. things in our heart and they need to be cleared away to have a straight path to Jesus. You have to make Jesus the priority. Like I want him to come um, and I don't want anything to keep him from making his way to my heart. Mm. Or accumulating. So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I, I have a tendency to accumulate, you accumulate in your thought life. And yeah, I think yeah. we kind of talked about that last week a little bit with all of the different distractions that we have right now. Um, you know, even just like watching a Netflix series or anything like that, you can, it's not even like that it's something evil or bad, but there's there's clutter yes. that accumulates, mm -hmm. yes. you know, so. You know, it's so funny because I remember um, I turned Brian on to Star Wars. Star Wars 1, Star Wars 2. He hadn't seen him. I, mean, I couldn't believe I married him and he hadn't watched wow, Star sure Wars. Was that, man, so red as flags. As, and the videos, <laughs> videos came out like right after we were married. Videos, oh, yeah. I think, mean, all of a sudden. It might have come out while I was in college. But the videos. And I remember we watched a video of Star Wars and then he watched uh, the second Star Wars. Uh, and so then the third one was coming out and mm. we had to ha know what happened to Han Solo because he would have been like frozen or something. Oh, he was in carbonite, yeah. That was it, we carbonite. carbonite. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, Paul Wu, who uh, works at our school at the time, he rented out a whole theater, we all went, we all saw <laughs> this one, I think at 10 o'clock in the evening, it was like hilarious. But I remember about a week later, Brian goes, Cheryl, he calls me up on the phone, Cheryl, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I've been talking to some of the guys at church. Well, usually when he talked about with the guys, he would tell me some amazing thing that the Lord had done. Like, do you realize that in the Bible when it says this? So I'm waiting for like this great biblical truth. And he goes, do you know the significance of Han Solo? I mean, of, sorry, of Luke Skywalker losing his hand. And I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And he's like, no, wait, this is what Tim said. And this is what Paul added. And this is, I'm like, Brian, it's not real. It's not true. It all came from the imagination of George Lucas. And he just stops and he starts laughing so hard. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. That's crazy. You start taking it but seriously. You're right. That's it's the so... clutter. Mm -hmm. That's the clutter. And I mean, there are books that are great and you want to think yep. about it. I mean, how many of us have tried to write a different ending for Gone with the Wind? But at the end of the day, that's not, that's not true. Mm -hmm. That won't right. last. So I want to clear the path. Yep. Yep, that's great. So good. And it reminds me of what we talked about last week with just meditating on God's mm -hmm. word, slowing yes, down yes. and taking it slower. And that helps clear out those cobwebs and clear out the things that don't belong there when you really start focusing on one thing. Mm -hmm. So good. So Which good. Is part of the purpose of this study. Right. <laughs> exactly. How about if I, I'll read Mark just so we have a different voice, four yep. through eight. John came baptizing the. Um, I'm doing CSB, Christian Standard Bible. Oh yeah. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him mm. and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John wore a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, one who is more powerful than I am is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So how would you describe John the Baptist? Wild, eccentric, mm -hmm. probably a little on the eccentric side. I mean, I think. I've never ate a locust and I sure wouldn't want to. <laughs> you know, I was wondering though, I know this is just figure. one of those thoughts. I mean, because we mm -hmm. always kind of see him in just like camel skin, right? Like a, right. a leather outfit, right? But I was reading 
I don't know where, but camel's, uh, camel skin was also like cashmere. I mean, the camel hair was also oh. like cashmere. And they would often um, knit it into like that. So I was like, did he have a huh. knit outfit? Or did he have, well, that's like, did John he have a tunic knit? that was, yeah, St. John. Did it shrink when it rained? I mean, like, what? Did you hear that St. John knit? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, wow. yeah, but I, I was wondering, or did it look like a skin? The huh. skin of a camel. You know, what was it? Was it furry? Well, it looks like, like a hell's angel. He's was got like the suede? motorcycle. Yeah, was it? <laughs> Leather jacket. I mean, obviously, and you know, he wore a belt around it. I mean, what? And he was unique. I, I was thinking how much we think that we have to be polished and we have to, mm -hmm. we have, to have the look of our culture. Mm. We have to look like the people that we're ministering to. And John did not look like anyone else. I mean, obviously, he's totally unique. He doesn't fit in. Wow, yeah. But I think it was like, I think it was kind of an anti-materialistic statement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was reading in Luke, yeah. in Luke chapter one this morning, and I was reading about Zacharias, you know, and Zacharias was uh, from uh, the tribe of Abi uh, Abiathar, which in other words, he was in line for the priesthood. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth was a daughter of Aaron. Mm -hmm. So they were both, I mean, cause you could be from the tribe of Levi, but not be qualified for the priesthood. Right. But John the Baptist on both sides, mother and father, were both qualified for the priesthood, mm. both. Wow. And at that time, you know, Ananias, uh, the office had been bought. Mm -hmm. We don't even know if he was related to Aaron or Caiaphas. Right. So, I mean, it had become so corrupt. And it's almost as if John the Baptist is the rightful priest. Hmm. but he's not wearing the priestly garments. Hmm. He's eschewing all of the corruption and the materialism Outward. that's going yeah. on in Jerusalem. And so he good. is like the, the, true, the true emblem of, I'm just all for God. Hmm. He is mm -hmm. zealous for God. And instead of doing sacrifices for, okay, remember they're sacrificing animals to cover the sins of the people. He is baptizing. Yeah. So the people are confessing their sins and then he's washing them, which is what the sacrifices were supposed to, the sacrifices were supposed to cover, cover which sin, were just yeah. a covering, you know, like we can't see the sin, but this is a mm. washing from the sin. So I found all of this like fascinating. And do you think that's, cause that's something that when I was working through this, I was thinking about, I was like, that's interesting that everyone from Judea and Jerusalem came out to this guy yes. who was a character. Yeah. Yes. Is that is that why? Because I was like, okay, is it just that the Holy Spirit was drawing people? Is it because he was unique looking? Is what what but you remember know, how I mean, Jesus said, What did you go out to see? Mm -hmm. This is later, but what did you go out in the wilderness to see? Did you go out just to see like a reed in the wind? Like nothing? Did yeah. you just go out mm -hmm. there because oh, you know, nothing else to do. Let's go out totally and see, see you know, a reed. Or uh, did you go out because you wanted to see his clothing? Like, oh, what's he wearing? <laughs> you know, sumptuously dressed. No. Mm. He said, you went out there to see a prophet. You went out mm. to see someone who was, who was speaking the word of God. Yes. And I think that they hadn't heard a prophet in so long. Remember, yeah. 400 years yeah. of yes. silence. Yeah. And they hadn't heard a prophet. They hadn't felt that, that stirring in their soul. So they're going out to the wilderness. They're leaving their comfort. They're, they're leaving their homes. And they're going, they're trekking, they're walking, mm -hmm. they're going out in the sun and, and hmm. vulnerable to the temperatures just to see a prophet. Hmm. And, and yeah. you think about this prophet, this prophet is telling them, you're sinners. Right. And you need, you know, this, the sacrifices are, aren't doing anything for you. 
Right. You need to you need to be washed. You need Heart to change. Yes, yes. You need to confess what you've been doing and those sins. Not just cover them over. You need to confess. Mm-hmm. Remember before they would put their hands on the sacrifice and confess their sins. Mm. Now he's having them. They're coming into the water and, and they're saying everything that they did and why they need the forgiveness of God. And and that's what the law was meant to do to show you that you're a sinner mm-hmm. that need the Messiah. Isn't it under- interesting to me that the preparation for the Messiah is to confess I'm a sinner. Hmm. Yeah. Is to yeah. confess all the things that I've done wrong. And again, that's what the law was to do. It was to be a tutor to show you why you needed a savior. Hmm. And that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too that it's, like you were saying, it was his message. It was the content. Where is that in the gospels where it's like, I mean, and I think that we see that in I a think few places in Luke. scripture. Yeah, where it's like, here's the signs that Jesus was doing, but it was when they heard his words. Yes. It's like yes, the word was what really, that, that content had the mm-hmm. power to really mm-hmm. actually affect change. Stealth, it's the content of the word, right? Yeah. That has the power to Not bells change. and whistles. And yeah. here is, you know, I was thinking, remember um, going back, sorry, to 1 Samuel, but in 1 Samuel, um, Samuel hears the voice of the Lord and it says that the word of God was rare in those days. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Eli hadn't heard it. Well, others yeah, had come to Eli and said, here's the yeah. word of God. And he's like, oh, that's okay. I love my sons more. You yeah. know, I've, I've got to, I stay with the immediate. But, Samuel, what drew people to Samuel was that he spoke the word of the Lord and it said not one of his words fell to the ground. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. not one of his words was worthless, mm. that they were all like powerful words and they all hit the mark. So with John the Baptist, his word is hitting the mark. Yeah. And think about it, like all the people came. I mean, yes. he was popular. Here's this man in the wilderness who's wild looking and yet everybody is flocking for this reason. He's speaking the word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's speaking about Jesus. That's right. That's right. So yes. what did he say about Jesus? Angie, you're good. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> um, I just noticed that was his focus. He's all yes. about right. Jesus. Yes, it's the forgiveness of sins and the repentance. But that why? Exactly. Because the Messiah is here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because when you get to the book of Acts, you find that um, Apollos is preaching a re- um, the gospel of John, um, a, a a baptism of John. That's what he's preaching. In other words, Messiah is here. Mm. Messiah is Mm -hmm. here. But then what happens is Aquila and Priscilla take him aside and say, the Messiah is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And here's why it's Jesus. And most people would be familiar, slightly familiar with the story of Jesus. And they put it all together for Apollos. And it says after that, that Apollos was an incredible apologist that he could prove from the scriptures Mm -hmm. that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So John is saying the Messiah is here, but as yet he hasn't identified him. In fact, it says Mm -hmm. in John, I didn't know him yet until when the Lord, the Holy Spirit had spoken to me, said, you'll recognize him. Mm-hmm. You'll recognize him when he comes. John just knows he's coming. He's preaching And you faith. need to get ready. Yeah. This is what God has given me to do. The spirit of God has spoken to me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm preparing you for the, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He's coming, he's on the way. And I'm not worthy to even touch his right. sandal strap. And that was considered a very dirty thing because remember the sewage was spilled out into the streets. Oh, gosh. The animals yeah. were just... Um, you know, defecate, you know, where they were. So streets were dirty, pathways Mm -hmm. were dirty. Mm -hmm. So to touch somebody's sandal was like the lowest of the low. And the servants did that, yeah. He is so divine, so worthy 
that even, I'm not even allowed to touch that part because even mm -hmm. that's so pure mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. righteous. Yeah, and normally a teacher, which John was in that role of a teacher, his student would do anything for him except for washing his feet or touching his sandals. And so he was mm. saying like, I'm below the humbleness of being his student even. I'm more of his servant. So good. Yeah, yeah. So, so good. Great. So good. So do you guys have a takeaway from today? I mean, it was all kind of along those same lines. I don't, well, yeah. I loved that quote though. Jesus came to give us extraordinary lives, lives baptized with the Holy Spirit. Here, John was coming to baptize in water, but Jesus came to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And but, that's, that's the idea. I, I kind of like to, I, I kind of explored the idea of baptism mm. and the idea of um, mm. to be fully immersed. Hmm. So he came to fully immerse us in the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You know, where John is like, he's about cleansing, like a right. refining. Right. But That's Jesus true. is like a full immersion in the Holy Spirit. I mean, like water is a, a typology of dying. So John is saying, okay, we're washing away the sins and you're coming up, try to keep yourself clean. Hmm. Jesus is saying, okay, you're washed, but now the Holy Spirit has taken over your life. And I love that idea of the full immersion. And doesn't that go back to what you were saying earlier about how Jesus elevates everything? Like John could only okay. take us so far yeah. you know, yes. with the baptism, yes. but Jesus brings the full picture of what it was intended to do. And then it's, I also yeah. wrote about John's uniqueness and yet people flocked and we are often afraid to stand out, to proclaim, to look mm. different. But this is exactly what distinguishes us. Mm. It's the way we love, the way we talk, and what our priorities are. Hmm. That's what distinguishes us. So I like that too. Amen. Amen. Did you have anything to add before we move on? No, I'm good. All right, let's yeah, move on to day three. It. Do you mind reading verses nine through 11? I think I can do that. <laughs> it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. You know, I, I just got to say this before we go in. Years ago, oh, I think it was like 25 years ago and I still remember, I had this dream mm. that I was at, uh, the, I was at um, the Galilee, that I was standing there when Jesus came up mm. and the crowds kind of parted wow. and he walked up to John and he had this conversation. I'm just watching this in my dream. And John's like, you know, like, listening to it and he's just got this look on his face like I don't think so huh. and then Jesus is talking to him and I could only see Jesus from the back in my dream and he takes him out to the water and I, I could see and then it's like a close-up where you're seeing the water cover and then the person coming up and you're just seeing the water and I mm. in my dream I could see the heavens open and this because then my attention was not wow. so much on this but on this as mm. the heavens were opened and this figure like a dove sweeps down and this voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I woke up going, that was the best dream ever. Wow. I'll say, geez. Technicolor wow. scripture. It was. You know, I love it though. I, I feel like sometimes we need to put ourselves in the scene. Yeah. Like we need to be on the shores of the Galilee. Mm. That's one of the mm. things I loved about going to Israel is to me after going to Israel and, and standing in these places, it was like, I can see it. Mm -hmm. And I like to visualize. And I think that's so important. That's part of meditation, isn't it? To visualize 
this is what it looked like to just stop and say, okay, mm. can I see it in my mind? Because we do that when we read books, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like you get a picture it's of that because there's. It's almost like, like you're reading, and there and the movie is. It's putting together this movie in your mind, and to do that with the scriptures, to be all present mm. there at the shore of, of the Jordan River. I want to have dreams like that. I had a dream that my friend turned into a dog. That's just lame. I want to have a dream like that. <laughs> yeah, because your dream never happened. I have such weird dreams. Yes. I know, yeah. Too much coffee. Well, what yeah. spoke to me most in that picture, too, fits with what you said. And it was that God spoke, like hearing God's voice. Yes. How mm. cool must that have been? Whoa. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a psalm that talks about the voice of the God, uh, the voice of the Lord thunders. Mm-hmm. And it's so strong that it can, it can, um, break the rock into pieces mm. and can splinter the cedar yeah, and it causes the deer to give birth. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That. I love that picture. So I cool. remember my first trip to Niagara Falls, my only yes. trip to Niagara Falls like, and just the sound once. of mm-hmm. the rushing water yes. and thinking of that verse that his voice is like the sound of the rushing water and it's just thousands powerful. and thousands of powerful gallons wow. of water mm-hmm. rushing over the edge mm-hmm. and the voice of God, what I'm can't imagine what that would have said. Or even the crashing of the waves. Yeah. You know, I, I love that that analogy and, and that truth, right? So, mm. you know, I love that. But um, I just, I love the picture of him being baptized and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus didn't need to be baptized. That's why right. John in, I believe it's Luke's gospel, says, no, I should, you should baptize me. I, this shouldn't be happening. Kind of yeah. like Peter, like, I should be washing your feet. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus so wants to relate to the whole human experience. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Yeah. I just the incarnation to me in recent years has blessed me so much. Like, how much Jesus really, I don't know, I mean, even, I, I guess to say how much thought he put into it, really, mm-hmm. like to become a man and humble himself in the first place, but then all of these little details. To feel I hungry. want to experience everything right. you experience. To why feel would, weary. Yes. It's like, why would God want to do to that? To feel hot. To be like us. Yes. It's just, yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. Yes, they're so, it's just so humbling. Like, wow, God, you would do that. And you get to fulfill all righteousness. Because he would, he would little, know it because he's omniscient, yeah. but he wouldn't experience it. And yeah. God chose to, to take experience on the whole human experience. He could mm-hmm. have exempted himself. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, say, well, I'm going to come, but I'm not, I'm not going to do the suffering yeah, part. I mean, think about that. what we do. Like, I'm going to go on a diet, but I'm still going to have chocolate. I mean, how we, like, <laughs> exempt ourselves yep. from, like, the hard things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't exempt himself from any of it. Mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And here, God's calling him his beloved son. I love that. Who he adored well him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so sweet. Who gives me pleasure. Mm-hmm. I am so pleased. I was thinking about there are certain things, like um, my son, Char, he preaches and he does worship. And when I hear him, I'm like taking so much pleasure. It's like I want to go, my son. Mm-hmm. Or when Braden, so Braden plays drums, or I've I've listened to my son Braden preach, um, sitting in that corner before, and I'm like, I want everyone to go, that's my boy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so pleased. Or my daughters, you know, my one daughter cuts hair, my other daughter is an esthetician, and yet um, they give me so much pleasure. Um, they're both really articulate too about the Lord. And they give me so much mm. joy and so much pleasure. And I take pleasure in my children, but how much more God mm. taking mm. pleasure. Like this yeah. is the absolute, this is what I wanted men to be. Yes. I wanted him to be just like my son. This is, this is what I saw when I created man. This is the relationship I wanted. This is, this is the 
apex of what your lives were to be in every single way. As Jesus wow. said in the Gospel of John, I always do those things that please my Father. Hmm. My whole life is wrapped around pleasing my Father. And the Father says, and my whole life is wrapped around how you please me. Hmm. Just so blessed by Beautiful. you. Beautiful, mm -hmm. and, and, and in that, I mean, as, as far as taking it to us, like that's like when we really live to our fullest potential then, is yes. when we are doing what we were created for mm -hmm. and seeking to please God. You know, I mean, just, I know your mom wrote that, didn't she yeah, write that book, God, Pleasing yeah. God? I mean, yeah. that's kind of the, yeah. the goal, that's the apex, like you know, you one said. other thing though that I would like to say too is that I, I think about the fact that this is his inauguration. Mm -hmm. You know, before that he's lived among men mm. and I remember this story, Patricia St. John tells this story about her father. Um, it's in a book that she wrote on her father. And she talked about how her father was an accountant. He was a bank uh, clerk. And as a bank clerk, he, um, he went down in, at lunchtime to speak to this um, uh, shelter, homeless shelter, you know, for those men who are kind of off the streets. And none of them would listen to him. And so he realized that it was his clothes and everything and he tried to preach and they just were disinterested and they didn't listen to him. So he took his vacation time and he went to uh, a charity shop or a thrift store and he bought some old clothes and he dressed like that and he went down and he slept in a bed along with those men and mm -hmm. ate uh, all their meals with them and lived like they did for a week. And after that week, then he opened his mouth and he began to teach them and they listened. And yep. I thought about how Jesus lived for 30 years observing us, watching mankind and just living as a person, uh, not a standout figure. Working manual mm -hmm. labor. Working, right. Yep. And I, again, too, when they say carpenter, carpenter was architect. He built mm -hmm. houses, not just we think of furniture, you don't know. Right. They built the houses yeah. from the ground up. Yep. And so he was a builder. Hmm. And he would build all of these, you know, and the furniture, every part of the house. So you've, he lived that way among men observing. He was a brother. He was a son. You know, he was a neighbor. He was a cousin. He lived in yeah. Nazareth. Uh, so much that I think that they thought he was unremarkable. Mm -hmm. You know, because if someone is so perfectly behaved, they're kind of like, I, was a, I taught school for a while. And you tend to, like, overlook the child that's really cooperative. Right. They Even among your radar. own children. Take them for granted. You're like, like that. No, do the right thing. Yeah. You're like the no bother child. So these are bothersome. So I have to work with these. These are the standouts. But the child that is always cooperative and good, you kind of don't notice. Mm -hmm. And I think when he came to Nazareth, they're like, what? him, hmm. like we never even thought anything about him. He was not even in our thoughts. I mean, he was kind of like almost a wallflower, just kind of observing, always cooperating. Yeah, just living normal life, yes. yeah. carrying on. But here yep. is his initiation. Hmm. Now he's yep. like, he's taking on the full experience. Here comes his anointing, because he lived yes. as a man who was absolutely anointed and, and hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit. We're told in Philippians chapter two that he emptied himself. In other words, he didn't yeah. take all his rights that he had as God. And he, he, he put his rights aside and lived with the limitations of man. Mm. He lived with all these limitations. He limited himself purposely and received all of his power, all of his wisdom from his connection with God. Mm -hmm. In other words, he's saying, the way I'm living is the way you're supposed to live to receive your power, right. to receive your wisdom, to receive the words that you give out by the power of God. 
So I'm doing this by the Spirit so that you will know that you too can live by the Spirit. So mm. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so moving along to the next verse. So as soon as he's filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 12 says, mm. immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. We're gonna look at day four on this. Mm. And he was there in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. So this is immediately after his filling of the Holy Spirit, he's driven out yeah. into the wilderness for 40 days and he was hungry, he wasn't eating. It says he was tempted by Satan and it says he was with the wild beasts. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I just think, I mean, to me, this was just looking at it like that, because I, I know in some of the other gospels, it kind of uh, speaks a little bit more to the temptations and the detail, but I think yes. just reading the, this brief account, it's kind of jarring to me a little bit. like. Oh, he has this, like you said, this moment where he's like filled with this, like, okay, this is it. You're being launched. And then immediately he gets driven into the wilderness. It's like, wait a minute. Isn't this the moment when you should start going out and doing miracles and ministering to people? Mm. But no, I just, it just goes really back to me to the fact that man's ways are, or God's ways are not our ways. And, and that verse has, that's been kind of sticking out to me lately, like not. The word not is just so holy other. It's mm. like, no, I'm, I have a different plan and purpose. I'm gonna do something different. Holy, W-H-O-L. Oh, sorry, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy different, completely yes. different than our ways. The fact that Jesus would well, instead go in the wilderness. Yes. Um, so I good. thought of it as part of the inauguration too. I mean, Another part process. of the inauguration yeah, of the was to face off with the devil. Mm -hmm. Kind of like boot camp. <sighs> yes. You've been inaugurated, but this is the proof that you deserve and you're meriting mm. this position. You have to face off with the devil. Mm -hmm. You have to live like Israel lived. So he's 40 days. Israel was 40 years in the wilderness. And remember in that wilderness, they learned, which is something that Jesus says in the temptation, mm. that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. This is what Israel was to learn in the wilderness. Yes. And this is how Jesus went out and he lived like Israel was supposed to live for 40 years. He lived it for 40 days. Mm -hmm. Only he didn't have a tabernacle. He didn't have a tent. He lived out with a wild beast, just totally right. vulnerable, depending air. on God's protection. Yeah. And, and uh, which Israel was supposed to do. To, and living on the, you know, he, did, he lived without water. Israel was to live on the water that God gave, on the food that God gave. Mm. So Jesus lives... Um, on this completely spirit-dependent way, mm -hmm. totally mm -hmm. weak to himself, and depending on what the angels minister to him during that mm -hmm. time, completely dependent on God. And that's the way, you know, it's interesting because when we're doing that podcast, Women You Should right. Know, I'm not trying to plug it, but nevertheless, there it is. we are. <laughs> but one of the things that in that, that you see is that uh, with these missionaries that we often highlight, what, what has been really um, hitting me about these missionaries is the fact that one, they realized that they wrestled not against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Yes. That yep. they realized that Satan is real and that was their real um, adversary. The real enemy. Yeah. yeah. That's one. And then two, how much they needed the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Every really missionary good. that was super, um, I want to say successful, but you know, that God really used. Yeah, was able to, yeah, work through. Understood those two principles. 
They understood that the warfare was not against people, flesh mm -hmm. and blood, because if you make it about that, then you'll hate your mission field, right? Totally. It, yeah. And then secondly, they realized how desperately they needed the Holy Spirit. Like they, it's like, don't try this without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, not I think by they might showed pictures, power. you know, don't try this without the Holy Spirit. And yes. that was my takeaway from this day was just looking at like, what temptation do you need to overcome through yes. Jesus? And I thought, how many times am I tempted to believe the lies of the enemy mm. yeah. and not believe the truth? And again, it's back to how important it is to be in the Word so that I'm filling my mind with truth instead of listening to those subtle lies of the enemy, those mm. tiny little bits that have a tiny bit of truth in them, sure. but are lies. Right, and Jesus modeled that in mm -hmm. his temptation. And this goes back to even what like what Cheryl was saying, like in, in all points, he was tempted as we are, coming back yes. to that incarnation yes. and saying, I'll but be But something example. interesting, here's a little food for thought. Okay. Yep, yep. Moses was 40 days on the Sinai. Mm -hmm. And Moses is the law, and that's where he received the law, the mm. 40 days in the wilderness yeah. where Jesus was. And up on that mountain, that's where he received the law. Elijah was 40 days, and he was fed by angels. The oh, okay. This is right. the second one. Oh, sorry, post-raven. He's, he's, yeah, post-ravens. When he's running from Jezebel, and the angels mm -hmm. come and minister oh, to yeah, him, yeah. and he's taken to Horeb. Horeb and Sinai are the same mountain. Horeb's one side and Sinai's the other side. Hmm. So he's taken to the same mountain and it's in this Judean wilderness where Jesus was. Hmm. And that's where their inauguration was. Hmm. So this is Moses' inauguration to lead Israel, right? At the Sinai, wow. he receives the law yeah. and the tabernacle and how he's supposed to lead. Um, Elijah thinks his ministry is over. He goes out to the Sinai and the Lord says, no, it's not over. I have 7,000 that haven't bowed. You're gonna go and you're gonna anoint Hazael to be the king of um, Assyria. You're going to um, anoint Jehu, Jehu as the next king of Israel. Mm -hmm. You're gonna anoint Elisha. Like your ministry's not over. There's yep. still more to do. And he comes back in the power of the Lord. He's sitting on that mountain. Those people say, hey, you know, the king wants to see you. Oh man of God, the king wants to see you. And he's like, I'm a man of God, let fire come down and consume you, wash. Mm. And you know, he comes back. So that's, they have this inauguration. Um, and so Jesus too, the same, the mm. 40 is repeated. So this is so incredible. Wow. There's so much Very here. significant. Yeah. Yeah. I know for sake of time, I would like to move on unless there's anything else. I wanna, that, I wanna just say yeah, one more thing. the victory over temptation. Yes. And I just put, okay, my temptation. Okay, so we're kind of like shut in and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I realized how selfish I can be mm. and selfish with my time. Oh. Like Brian will walk in the room and I'll be like, what are you doing in here? I wanted this yeah. alone time. <laughs> or, and, time. and then Me I too. can easily go to self-pity. And it was great because it's not that I give in to it, but I'm tempted by self-pity and I'm tempted by selfishness. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of recognize those are pretty strong temptations in my life. So I just had to say Insidious, that. Insidious, subtle things. Yes. Yeah, not very just subtle. What did you usual. put? What did I put? Temptation. Criticism, oh. especially mm -hmm. when I when I look into a lot of like the media and all the different things, it's really easy to start getting critical about Instead the praying. way things are being conducted. Yeah. And I've just been constantly like, nope, Lord, pray for these people, pray for salvation. It so really good. helps so good. So me good. elevate and get my perspective. So mm -hmm. Okay, so. just good. before we move on. Yes. 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 What was yours? <laughs> I said mine before. Oh, yeah. Mine was temptation to believe the lies of the enemy. Oh, like yeah. The subtle things yeah. that like- You don't matter. Think are true. true. Yes, yeah. or you're yeah, not good truths. enough, or you're this, or you're <laughs> yeah. that. And yeah. Yeah. they're just subtle lies. So just like he was lying and- Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. totally. Do you mind reading verses 14 and 15, Cheryl? Oh, no, I'd love to. Hit it. Okay. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent 
and believe the good news. Hmm. I thought this was fascinating that even though John is just put in prison, and so these are like dangerous times, it did not stop Jesus from going forth with the mission that God had called him to do. Mm. And Galilee is interesting too, because that's where it says um, that the Messiah would go to Galilee. You've been neglected. This this area of Galilee was Mm. neglected. And that's where um, Isaiah prophesies that the light would come, that Mm -hmm. would be a light also to the Gentiles. Totally. This was actually my favorite thing we went through. Because of the whole, yeah. Because of um, the whole thing with the kingdom of God, um, that really stood out to me because you see a lot today, and this was, I think some of you guys know, I'm a history teacher, and so I really geek out on this stuff, but you know, especially through like, I don't know, the late 19th and into the 20th century. And then today there's this whole emphasis on the social gospel mm-hmm. and on, you know, there's people today that will say, Jesus would have been a socialist. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He wants to do yeah. all these good works and good yeah. deeds. But, you know, and that's what the kingdom of God was. They really elevate that as the kingdom of God. But mm. I love this because Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. So what? Repent and believe the gospel. You know, all of these other things are a byproduct. Like that's right. healing and all that's of right. that. The thing Jesus really emphasized was the heart and, and, and salvation and repentance. That's what Jesus really cares about. And, and we're going to get that, that on the sixth day. Because, you yes. know, when we get into the yes. sixth day, when he calls the disciples, he says, follow me. Mm. And I will make you fishers mm-hmm. of men. So maybe that's we could you, combine those two days. Yeah, so we can do that. That's straight on to yeah. the sixth day. Well, well I think really we could kind of have something. We sure. could combine the two yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just love that. That's what Jesus mm-hmm. really wants That's to do such is a good to word save for today. souls. Yes. And we, you know, we lose, when we lose sight of that, it just loses all its oomph and becomes just another social Okay, movement. but if you're trying to do all those good works and you're not depending on the Spirit, they become works. Yes, and, exactly. And then you, you could say, I did this and I did that. We, I had this friend and I remember you'd say, how are you doing? Well, I did this and I did that and yeah. I did this and yeah. I did that. And, I, and you're just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, if you're walking by the Spirit, it's like, oh, you wouldn't believe what the Lord did today, and the Lord mm. did this, and the Lord did that, and and nobody but Jesus gets the credit. Yes, so good. and yeah. I think that's the difference. I, I love the word repent, though. Mm-hmm. The word repent means simply to change. Yes, like yeah. change your thinking, yeah. or um, like it, it's just like it's almost like by taking a child by the hand and saying, you know, they're going that way, and you grab them and you're like, repent, mm-hmm. or walk this way. You're taking by the hand and you're taking them in a different direction. Yes. Because that's what the gospel did. It's like, change your direction. And maybe it was about works. Change your direction and just faith. Believe mm. in me. And won't the works come out of that? Absolutely. If we turn towards, I think of, I think it's in Thessalonians where um, he says, you know, that you, Paul says, and you turn to God from idols. Yes. It's turning to God first and that will mm-hmm. take care of the rest. It'll all fall into Actually, place. Actually, also in First Thessalonians, talking about that, then it talks about the byproduct of that when you turned the love. Mm-hmm. The love. And the love was yes. not like, I need to love everybody. The love yeah. was the byproduct of turning, like you said, from idols to the living God, yeah. and then it turns you to love because that's the manifestation, really, of the Spirit working in us. It's mm-hmm. the love. You know, the fruit of the Spirit mm-hmm. is is love. So, love um, that. Yeah, that'll change society. You want to change mm-hmm. society? So simple. Turn to Jesus. <laughs> Anything yeah. else you want to add before we look at the verses on day six? I love that he's inviting us into the kingdom of God. Here's the invitation, and I thought mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. okay, I, when I was a little kid, I loved fairy tales. I loved Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And I think about how Cinderella, you've got these um, 
people from the, the palace and they've come and they're passing out the invitations and all the young women mm. of the kingdom, all the young maidens, even mm. the maids, even the, you know, the Cinderella's are welcome to go to the ball. And I thought, here's Jesus saying, you're all welcome. Mm. Anyone who just is willing to repent and believe is welcome into the kingdom of God. Mm. Like he opens up the kingdom of God to everyone. And I loved that idea. Like, mm. um, I remember as being a kid, uh, my my dad started putting these concerts on with like Love Song and some of the different bands, and they'd be at like the Orange County Fairgrounds or the Long Beach Arena. And so we would have flyers at the church, and everyone would grab flyers. We'd go down to the beach, and you just pass out flyers hmm. that a concert was coming. And you never knew who was gonna take that flyer and go, I'm coming to this mm -hmm. concert. Mm. And I think of in some ways, Jesus is passing out flyers into the kingdom of God. And all you have to do is come. Yes. All you have to do is, is come. And I, I just like that idea. So accessible. And simple. Simple, yeah. And then from the takeaway, I just put mm -hmm. this. Perfect timing, perfect person, perfect way. And that mm. all that was prophesied is available now through Jesus. Mm. All that... Um, everyone looked forward to in the Old Testament, all those great promises now opened up through Jesus. Awesome. Jasmine, do you mind reading verses oh. 16 through 20? Yes. And as he, saw, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Mm -hmm. So cool. There's that word immediate we were talking about. Yes, immediately, immediately. Keeps coming up. <laughs> I read somewhere that it's in this book over 40 times that wow. he uses the word immediately. Wow, yeah. It just keeps going. That's a big mm -hmm. emphasis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something happened pretty quick here. So yeah. what did he invite these fishermen to do? Follow him. Mm -hmm. Simple, like you were saying, Angie. It wasn't like this big complicated thing, like mm -hmm. sign this paperwork and do all this. Yeah, Just and I, I think following is so much easier than, um, mm. you know, we used to play, you know, following the leader. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you just walk behind them and you try and do what they do. And that's exactly what he's saying. Just yeah. just come with me, companion with me. Hmm. And he's not expecting them, like, get your act together. Uh, come yeah, back after first. you have your act together. And, you know, when you've done this, then you can come and sign up. I mean, how many times, like, well, you need to read this book and then come mm -hmm. back to me. Or you need to do this. <laughs> Prerequisites. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's just like now. Just right. come as you are. Mm -hmm. Come as you are. Yep. You don't just like, don't even change your clothes. They didn't change their clothes. Yeah. They didn't go home and say like, okay, let me go shower. They smell like fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally, totally. I was thinking like, wow, there must've been something so um, powerful and compelling about Jesus' offer and Jesus' presence. Almost kind of like we were talking about with John the Baptist, like what made everybody go out? Yes. You know what I mean? But if you go to, if you combine this with the gospel of John, mm -hmm. uh, John has, heard, John and Andrew have heard Jesus preach. Right. Yes, that's true. And they've true. seen him. Yeah. So and they've heard John testify of him. And now John's gone. So, you know, especially John and Andrew are probably going, well, what do we do with our lives? Yeah. Right. But yeah. they remember seeing him hmm. and having John say, here is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of yes. the world. So there's been an introduction because remember how right. Jesus said, come and see. Mm -hmm. So, but the call love that to actually follow hasn't happened yet. Right. This is and the now. actual, all right, now. 
come companion with me. Before mm. it's like, taste and see. Mm-hmm. See sure. how you feel about it. So now they're thinking about Jesus and they've gone back. And sometimes that's how some people are. Mm-hmm. Some people sure. follow like, oh, this is it. This is the truth. I never heard this before, but I know I want this. Yes. I know this is, it just bears witness with my heart. And some people are like, hmm. I need to think about this. Mm. And the more they think about it, the more they're like, oh, next time they give that altar call, I'm going forward. Yeah. That's what I want to do. And I love I love it when people do that because you know, like, that's cool. They've really thought this through right. and they're, it, it, they, they're owning it now. Like, okay, this really resonates. But do you think I, that yeah. they're like, you know, at the at, in the end of the Gospel of John, Peter goes back to fishing, right? Mm. And he hears Jesus um call, you know, saying, children, have you caught anything? And they say, no. And he Mm -hmm. says, cast your nets on the other side. And they do it when it's filled up. He's Mm. like, John says, it's the Lord. Peter dives into the water, swims to shore. (laughs) And he's got to be with Jesus. And I think about how he's just kind of waiting for something to happen. You know, like Mm. Jesus rose from the dead, but what does this mean Mm. for my life? What does this mean for my future? Mm. And I think here, they're, 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 They've got this thing, and I think they're kind of stuck. Uh, I put this in my notes. They're kind of stuck in mundane. Is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm, Am mm-hmm. I just going to throw this net into this water mm-hmm. and pull it up? And some days I'm going to be so frustrated, and other days I'm going to have some fish. Is this it? Day in and day out, mm-hmm. is this what I'm going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. And then here's Jesus and how he totally upsets and turns it and brings mm. such fulfillment in a whole different way than they've ever considered before. Mm. And just the freshness of this, it's, it's like being called to an adventure suddenly, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe they were connecting with his words that says, I will make you yes. fishers of men, mm. that he was gonna make them into it. something. He was gonna do the work. Yeah. And think about this too, that they had to train to be fishermen. Mm-hmm. There was a training, not everybody was a fisherman. There was a specific way to do it, a specific way to mend your nets, a specific way to have your nets weaved, whether they wove those nets themselves. A strategy. A, a yeah. strategy. And of course, you know, we, we know that they would uh, go by the shallows and they would go early in the morning and they would, um, mm-hmm. when it was still dark, they would put it in and they would do that. That's why when you get to um, Luke chapter five, when Jesus says, launch into the deep and let down your nets, Peter's like, ah, I don't think so. I'm a fisherman. I trained, I grew up, I know how to do this. <laughs> so it even brings more to me um, the realization of I'll train you. I'll mm-hmm. teach you everything mm-hmm. you need to know about well, fishing. And for we men. see too, like he didn't call theologians or the That's Pharisees right. or yes. he, you know, he didn't call these like religious people to come and follow him. He called these ragtag, tough. You know, guys that were out the there. And that's a really interesting thing because in light of some of the criticism that mm-hmm. is now being leveled at the Bible, there are those who say, no, that maybe the gospel of Matthew because he would have been um, learned because he was a tax collector, mm. but there is no way that John had such great Greek and could write the gospel. That, that must not be John because the Greek is too good. Or Mark's Greek is too clear. Look, they expected mm. physician, uh, Greco-Roman educator, sure. but but they really struggle with Mark and John because how could right. common fishermen? And again, what they're doing is they're excluding the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. And they're saying though that common people couldn't be good at Greek, <clears throat> but they can be, you know? 
my favorite. This is yes. totally, it's not really off topic, but it just, that really reminds me. Um, William Carey, <laughs> sorry, yes. a little history thing. Yes, yes. The, the guy who we consider kind of the father of modern missions, uh, he was a shoemaker, self-educated for the most part, grew up in rural England where he had no, uh, you know, real resources or way of getting a proper education. But he wrote, when, he, when the Lord called him to missions and to really put that vision forth to the church, he wrote a little booklet called An Enquiry into the Obligation of Christians, Two Means for the Conversion of the Heathens. I know, really super, super long title. I don't know why they did that back then. But a lot of historians will say like, this was more well-written than the works of Oxford Cambridge graduates at that mm. time because there was a divine okay, work but happening. Also, he learned five languages. He, yes, he learned multiple languages. And he, he translated so, the Bible into five different languages. It, yeah, in and the he's Indian a dialects. And he's a shoemaker, but he was mm. also a pastor of the spirit. Uneducated. Yeah, power and of so the Holy Spirit. The idea of discounting, I mean, that's... Yep. That's that snobbery yeah. of elitism. Like yeah. only if you go to the colleges that I yeah. went to and took the classes right. I took could you actually be good at anything. And it's just, <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, the ivory tower can actually keep you from being good and mm. understand. I mean, you learn more sociology by living with people and talking with people than mm. you do from studying mm. about these groups far away. It's like the... Again, we're talking about an incarnation, aren't we? The full right. immersion yes. that Jesus came and he was incarnated to become one of us that he might truly know the experience. If anyone was all wise, it was mm -hmm. Jesus. You know? So how cool that all the gospels together are well-rounded, mm -hmm. you know, that you have like educated Luke and, right. and maybe a less educated Mark as well. well okay. And it makes me think of that verse too, that um, I forget where it is. You'll remember where they knew that they had been with Jesus. Yes. yes. Acts and chapter four, I think. Think. Yeah. yeah, and so their Unlearned lives were, men. Mm -hmm. yes, their lives were transformed because they had been with Jesus. And just bringing it back to that simplicity of follow Jesus, he's going to equip us and he's yeah. going to give us what we need to do what he's calling us to do. We just have to follow him and keep it simple. Mm -hmm. So any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I put to, I, I, the, the word immediate again, coming back to yeah. this. Mm -hmm. keeps coming. Um, and in the Gospel of, of Mark, it's, it's Jesus who's moving on, you know, and you've got this sense of this force that Jesus is going forward. Yeah. And it's a forward motion with the following. We're following a person and we're going yeah. forward. But I love the immediacy of their response. And there's a verse, today okay. if you hear his voice, mm -hmm. um, do you know, your hearts. yeah, do not harden your heart. The idea is like, when you hear the Lord speak, act on it. Mm -hmm. And I prayed, like my prayers, I did this, I kind of had a little prayer, like, Lord, let me be immediate in my response to follow. Don't mm. let me be faltering or like, oh, because I tend to like, well, I crochet, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think of them mending their nets and they could have said, oh, let me just get this knot out. Let mm -hmm. me just fix this one right here and then I'll be there. Or let me kiss my dad or that. But like that parable where yes. everyone had excuses of why they couldn't come. Yeah. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I think too though of Zebedee, we don't think about mm -hmm. him enough letting his boys go. Yes. Interesting. I mean, he just was like, okay, servants take radical. radical. I think he was excited because even the mom, you know, she comes to Jesus and says, I want my boys to always be mm -hmm. with you, so to speak. Uh, I want you to give them a position. Yeah, 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 yeah the right and the left hand. <laughs> but I just think that the parents 
were totally into this. Mm, I just have a feeling that the parents were supportive because you don't have Zebedee going, hey, what are you doing? Those are my boys. Mm -hmm. I mean, he lets them go. So they could immediately go and follow Jesus. So I I love that. I don't know what what you answered for that, but I found that that challenge, that question, how would you respond if Jesus called you? I'm like, ooh. I don't. I mean, I want to say yes. I would be immediate, mm-hmm. but I had to think about it. I'm mean, like, gosh, would I be asking a few questions first? Like, well, wait a minute, Lord, what about this or this, or would yeah. I just dive in? What are we going to eat? Question. Where are we going right. to? Yeah, okay. exactly. Remember yeah. the one, the one guy. You know, Jesus said, you know, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Mm. So if you're asking, like, well, okay, if I follow you, where, what's, you know, what, what's my income? Uh, right. Where are we going to live? What are right. we going to eat? You right. know, that's not the right response. The right response is like, you're everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Only you I'm have in. the words of life. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you, the plans you have are to, pro, you know what I mean? They're yeah. good. They're for my good. Yeah, well, and so. if you look at even just the testimony of our three lives, like we've chosen to follow the Lord mm. and work, you know, serve in the ministry and there have been sacrifices. Yeah. But God has been faithful faith. every single Absolutely. time. He has met every need. And so like I can say from my own testimony that he has been faithful. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so my great grandmother, she's, um, She's buried in a graveyard in Santa Barbara. I remember when I was a little kid, my um, dad, I think I was eight, took me to the graveyard to show me the grave, the gravestone. And it says, Jesus never fails. Mm-hmm. Brian and I were up there about five years ago and we found it. Um, no, it was seven years ago because it was before my dad went to heaven. And we found, I, I called my dad and said, what was her name? Because I'm trying to find it. I, know, I knew her name was Daisy, but Daisy was her nickname. Oh, so right. she was actually Lois Daisy Kent. And I had the wrong last name and everything. So he gave me the right name just like that. And this was like, um, this was like uh, a year before he died. Mm. So I, um, I, Brian and I were able to find the, the grave. And there it is, the gravestone. It says, Jesus never fails. Mm. And I thought about all that woman went through. I mean, her first husband left her. Mm. And she was left with four children. And this is like at the, this is the 1900s, early 1900s, like 19... Um, Oh, 1910, wow. and she's left with four children to raise. At that time, that's yes, really at that time, yeah. and so um, she had to work in that time. My grandmother had to start working when she was young to su- to support the family, and um, I just thought, and yet she could say, Jesus never fails, and mm. that's what she wanted everyone to know about her life. Jesus never fails. Mm. Then my grandmother, I mean, her life was not easy. Again, her father left when she was young. She had a stepfather who wasn't very nice, and then he ended up leaving, and she had a, another stepfather and was raised mm. in an affluent community, but not very wealthy. When she met my grandfather, um, he was from a very secular um, family, and it was it was a hard life until they, and then her first daughter that she had had meningitis, and <laughs> Um, and was healed. Um, And then she had, you know, she had my Aunt Virginia and then three boys. And then my uncle and my grandfather both died in an airplane um, crash in 19, I think somewhere in 1958. And yet on her gravestone, what she wanted everyone to know about her life was Jesus never Mm. fails. And I think, you know, it's not an exemption. Jesus, like we talked about, Jesus did not exempt himself. And he doesn't exempt us from the hardships Hardships. of life, but he shows us through walking with us that he's greater than anything Mm -hmm. that we face in life. He, Mm -hmm. his way is to walk with us and make us overcomers in it. Isn't that, Mm -hmm. and that's like what David says in the Psalms, like I've been young and now I'm old, but Mm -hmm. I've not seen the righteous forsaken. Like that track record that you build. That's right, that's right. With the Lord, I love that. Mm -hmm. 
So again, and then the objective. And I was thinking about how we get so many objectives as Christians. We get the objective like, I've got to love more. You know, the objective, mm. I've got to do more for yeah. Jesus. We get the objective of, I've got to read my Bible more, or mm. I've got to pray harder, pray right. more. Not that those are bad objectives. Yeah, But like great. you said before, they've got to come as a result of following Jesus. And, you know, instead of trying to clean up our house before Jesus comes, right. we bring Jesus in and he helps us clean the house. Yes, yeah. And so the idea of like, our objective is to follow. Just like in John 15, abide in me. Mm -hmm. Abide in me, here it is. Mm -hmm. And so the object is Jesus. And the objective is to stay in him. So with this, it's the same idea, isn't it? Follow, keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes, yeah. And go wherever he goes yes. and everything else will come from that. I think, like Angie said at the beginning, simple. It's, yes. it's simple, and yeah, I love that. God doesn't and make it too what? hard. And you know what, we can all follow. Yes. Mm -hmm. We can't all lead, but we can all follow. Mm -hmm. yes. What great perspective. Well, this has been an amazing discussion of this first part of Mark. Well, we want you to join us again next week. We're gonna be looking at the next seven days, so days seven through 12. And if you don't have this study, you can download it on our website at women.cccm.com, or you can just read the passage of scripture. We're gonna be talking about Mark 1, 21, where we left off, mm -hmm. through Mark 2, 17. So mm -hmm. we hope you'll join us next Friday at 10:15 as we talk about God's word and what it means to us. And if you wanna, Send us an insight about something the Lord showed you. Mm -hmm. You can email us at info at cccm.com. So we hope to hear from you. Let me close it out with prayer. Lord, we pray that this word, as you have promised, would work in us. Lord, you promised that your word mm -hmm. makes the simple wise. And Lord, mm -hmm. we talked about that. You talked about how uh, by your word, your servant is warned. And we thank you for the warnings that come through your word, the warnings that there will be temptation. Lord, we thank you for your word that through it we grow and we, we become strong. We become what we could never be without you, without your word. So Lord, we pray for those who are studying, Lord, that they would feel the power of your word um, pulsating in them. Lord, as Angie said, that this word would wash them Lord, that this word would direct them, that this word would bless and inspire um, all those who undertake to study your word. Lord, we thank you for the blessing that comes when we study your word, when we look at you, when we follow you. And Lord, we thank you that through the gospel of Mark, we're gonna be following you. Mm -hmm. And we ask a blessing on all those who um, are with us in this endeavor to follow mm -hmm. you and to study your word. Bless, we pray in Jesus' mm -hmm. name, amen. amen.